gentlemen, and welcome to the January 8th, 2016 edition of Season 4 of The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week, we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know about it. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weisselberg. That's E-L-L-I-O-T. W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that period of time, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a huge Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our episodes going back to the very first one four seasons ago. You'll also be able to send comments for each one. Please keep the comments nice, though. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Welcome back to the Court Report, everyone. Another great week of Yeshiva League Sports in the books. The first full week of 2017. Well, we can say the first full week of 2017 minus a day, considering last night's slate of action uh, pushed out by the first major snowstorm of the year. Several games canceled. A couple in Yeshiva League hockey, a couple in basketball, a lot in varsity basketball. Four games on the slate. It's going to really impact the future for a lot of teams, but you know, you can't do much about snow. Snow is one of those things where where it just happens and you got to roll with it. So the snow playing real, real tricks with the, with the league after last night. But that will get taken care of as, you know, as the next few weeks go on. We'll be sure to bring to you the make updates for all of those games. Just a programming note for the next week. We will not be having a show next Sunday. We will, however, be back to you in two Sundays where we will be able to give you a little wrap-up of the first two-thirds of the season and give you a good preview heading into the final three weeks of the Yeshiva League. We'll have a lot to talk about. Not many games over, not next week, but the week after. So not much is going to change in those in that period of time but we will be back to you right here in 2 weeks while you're enjoying your break we will be here on the court report before we get into the meat of our show i want to touch on two very interesting topics that happened over the past week one uh, a teachable moment from a game that I coached this past week. And the second, that article that's made its way around the world, uh, the Jewish world, from the New York Times regarding Yeshiva League Hockey. The first thing I want to discuss is the situation that happened with me that can be used as a teachable moment for everybody else out there. This past Monday night, um, I was coaching a game between my Rambam varsity hockey team and the DRS Wildcats. Now, before that, I'm going to acknowledge the following. As I say in my intro, 
you know, I wear many hats. I'm a coach, I'm an official, I'm an analyst, you know, all those things. I know, you know, there are times when people come to me for an opinion on things. And this is one of those times where, you know, I'm going to put my opinion on things out there. You know, the show mostly fact-based. I try to give you the facts. I try to make sure that I present what happens to you so that you get an idea of, you know, what's going on in the Achievable League. Sometimes there are points where teachable moments and opinions are necessary, and I think this is a really good one. So this past Monday night, you know, really big game. Game tied 2-2 with two and a half, le- you know, two and a half left. Um, ball in the Rambam in the DRS zone for... You know, a couple of seconds. It looked as if Rambam put the ball in the net, scored a game-winning goal. Um, no whistle blown. Referee apparently not seeing it. Um, ball comes back out of the net. DRS takes it down the court while Rambam celebrating, puts in the back of the net. Referee waves off first goal, awards the goal to DRS. Huge game. Game shifts. Not three to two Rambam. Now it's three to two DRS. And we've told you how you know how hard it is to score on DRS this season. So a real momentum turner as well. Uh, we'll get into the game itself a little bit more later on. But, you know, there are a couple of things to learn out of this. Just a, on a personal note, as a coach, um, there are a couple of things, you know, as a ref, you know, as a referee also that I feel you gotta, I feel need to be noted. As a coach and as a referee, there are times when things aren't seen. It's human error. You can't catch everything. We understand it. The kids need to know that coaches, parents, officials aren't perfect. You know, as much as they try to be, they're not perfect. And so not there are times when it just doesn't work out that the way that you need to. There are a couple of things. There's one part I feel is not excusable, but semi-excusable. There are two parts that I, there are two things that can happen that I feel are never excusable, and one that, you know, not excusable, but at least it happens. The two things that are excusable, well, sorry, the one thing that's somewhat excusable, referees in the right position. Sometimes things happen in the game, you miss something because something else is going on. That happens. Your focus is averted, um, you're, you, you're blocked by something, that happens. There are two parts of the game that are never excusable as an official. One is being in the wrong place and missing something. And the next thing is not knowing the proper rules. So those, as a, you know, for me, that's my opinion as to what's excusable, what's not excusable. From a kid's perspective, what you need to do is you need to know that people are human. Referees are human and they make mistakes. Again, there are certain mistakes that are a little more excusable than others, but you need to play to the whistle. We tell our kids, play to the whistle. Never expect that just because the ball goes in, that people are going to see it. Make sure the ball stays in the net. You know, follow it up, put it back in if you need to. If you don't hear a whistle, perfect. If not, nobody's going to blame you for a shot right after the whistle. Do it. Put the ball back in the net. But don't leave it in the hands of the referees. Do not leave it in the hands of the referees to decide the games. Like they say in MMA, do not leave it in the hands of the judges to decide it on their scorecards because you never know what can happen. So the next practice, I told my guys, if you don't want to get in that situation again, don't leave it in that situation. So go out there, score eight goals, make sure that the other team doesn't score anywhere near eight, and the game won't turn on one call the referee. So that's just my little, not so much a rant, but a little discussion on it, trying to keep it even keel and 
you know, just my opinion on the matter so that you guys can get a little focus, you know, on it from a coach and a referee. Okay, so teachable moment over. Um, what I really want to get to today, the article that popped up in the New York Times this past week, uh, the one that's been shared about a billion times on Facebook, that being the New York Times article uh, by Corey Kilgannon on the on January 2nd, entitled, A World Unto Itself in New York Area Yeshiva's Floor Hockey. So, Yeshiva Floor Hockey getting its first hello into a, you know, a non-predominantly Jewish newspaper. And the article is it's a, it's a, it's an enticing, it's a riveting article. It discusses, you know, discusses about the rivalries, a little bit about the the uniqueness of the sport, about how it's I think Amir Gavrin puts it best in the article where he mentions that outside the Orthodox community it's a foreign thing. Um inside it's a whole world unto itself. And I'm I'm gonna take it a little bit Floor hockey, even in the Jewish communities in certain places, is a bit of a redheaded stepchild. There are people who chide floor hockey as being a made-up sport because you know there's no there's no uh, you know major league for it. I mean there are compet- there are competitive professional semi-pro leagues across you know across the world. There's a World Cup, there's a Junior Championship, but there's still no love for yeshiva league hockey. So the fact that this is getting press time and airtime on a, in a major world newspaper is a, an amazing thing. I love a lot of the things that this article talks about. It talks a little bit about the league, a little bit about uh, the equipment, uh, about the kids that play it. I, I really would like to see a little more focus on the kids and on the teams. You know, there are a couple of games that were that were mentioned here. You know, a little bit more about the games itself. You know, let let people know a little bit more about how the game is played. I think that the the article focuses more on what goes on outside the floor and between the schools and I think if there's one thing we want to put out there to the world, it's that we are playing a beautiful game. Floor hockey is a beautiful game. It is a fun game. It is it is something that we play and I say we because I've been playing for a long time as well. We learn from the point where we're very young to the really at this point to when we finish high school because unless you're playing in a league after that you're not really doing much but I, I like the surrounding I would like a little more a little less of focus on the rivalry and a little more on what actually happens I think that would have been an amazing thing to put out there to the world but hopefully like I said in my Facebook post this week this is only the beginning hopefully that we can take this and actually get more information out there. Let more people know about it. I think it would be an amazing thing. Uh, I spoke with uh, Corey Kilgannon uh, the night after about hopefully trying to push something like that. And so we're going to see where we're going to take it. I think people need to be a bit careful, though, about what we do put out there. Uh, I saw Corey, uh, the, the, the editor, uh, the, the writer of the article, Corey, posted something the next day about the best stuff comes in after story runs, where it talks about two years ago where um, TABC uh, did a little pregame shechting ritual with a ram in the game again before Ramaz. Um, I don't really know whether or not the message that got out there was the right message. We need to be very careful about what we put out there to the outside world now because we can take something that's being put in a good light and really turn it into a negative for us. I, I know that that there was some there may be some gamesmanship with that with putting that story out there. 
But the truth is, in the context of Yeshiva League hockey, talking about that isn't really necessary. You know, it doesn't really speak to, as the, as the comment says, the crazy nature of floor hockey. It just talks about, you know, the rivalry in the school, and that doesn't really add much to the piece. I think it puts, I think it may put us out there in a bad light. I don't know how necessary that really is. So I think we really need to be careful about the information that we disseminate that doesn't really talk about the game itself. So let's try to put out our best foot. And let's try to keep the positive momentum going forward in something like this. Since we're on the topic of uh, of hockey, right? Let's start off with that. We'll start off with varsity hockey this past week. Varsity hockey only having seven games played. Two of them were supposed to be played last night. They were postponed. We'll get to those in just a second. The more interesting games were the big ones at the top of each of the divisions for the East and the West. Starting out with Monday night's battle between Rambam and DRS. Rambam and DRS both coming into the week very close in the standings. DRS at 16 points. Rambam at 17 atop the Eastern Conference game, a repeat game from game played earlier this season in DRS. DRS coming away with that one four to nothing. This game would have even more drama. Both teams fighting for their share at the top. DRS coming in undefeated, having only given up one goal on the year. That in their last game in the last minute against SAR. So quite a surprise when with two and a half minutes to go in the game, score tied 2-2. DRS opened the scoring middle of the first period with a shot from half court that beat Yoni Grossman up high to give DRS the 1-0 lead. Rambam would fight back in the second period on a power play goal by Avi Orlau. Third period, though, looked as if DRS would have turned the game. Ellie Levine taking a face-off win turning and putting the ball into the back of the net to give DRS the 2-1 to lead with about 7 or 8 minutes to go in the game. But, 3.5 to go. Daniel Yitzhaki put the ball up over Jakey Friedman, timed the game at 2. As I said earlier, this is where the controversy happened. Two and a half minutes to go in the game. It's hockey. Look to put the ball in the back of the net. Referee not seeing it. Ball coming back out. DRS taking it up the floor, depositing it into an open Rambam net to give DRS a 3-2 lead. DRS would add an empty netter to make it 4-2 and take the win, putting themselves up over Rambam. No, I've given my thoughts on the matter. I'm not really going to push it any more than that. The kids really now just have to pick themselves up from that, use it as motivation moving forward. Uh, speaking of continuing moving forward, DRS would have an exact image the next night, winning against Flatbush 4-2. to In this one, Flatbush actually held a 2-1 to lead going into the third, but DRS was able to muster back and take the lead with under three minutes to go for what was, again, their second straight 4-2 to result, this time over Flatbush. That, uh, that win would clinch at least a first-round home game for DRS, giving them 20 points, leading the division at 10-0. Rambam right behind them at 17 points with 8 3 0 and one Hafter not getting to play this week, staying at seven and one, still clinching a playoff berth. 
Hank Hurricanes also clinched a playoff berth this week with their win over Solomon Schechter's 7-1. As a result of that, Flatbush also clinched a playoff berth. Flatbush, with the loss to DRS, they dropped to 5-7. So Flatbush will be 500 at best on the year. Right now, they are they are fighting to stay in the race for, as I said last week, fighting in the race to stay in the race for a first round uh, first round home game. But that looks to be all but out of reach for Flatbush, having Hafter above them, Rambam and DRS definitely above them. Those teams won't get to seven losses. Hank is the only other team that's above them that could get to seven losses. But uh, but Hank's schedule ahead of them doesn't really look as if that's going to happen. So Flatbush will likely be the five. And depending on what happens with North Shore the rest of the way, it could be the six. But I think Flatbush is more than likely to be the five. And North Shore will likely be the six. Right now, North Shore at eight points with a record of four and eight. Behind them, Mag and David, 3-10-0-1 at seven points. Your season's over. They cannot climb above North Shore. They can't, uh, they're pretty much staying where they are. The only two teams that have a chance to get above North Shore are, as we said, uh, Solomon Schechter at the bottom right now, three points, one, nine, and one. They'll be eliminated, though, from contention with a loss or tie to Hafter this week. YDE, though, pushed themselves a step higher, defeating Westchester, staving off elimination. Right now, YDE is at five points with a record of two, nine, oh, and one. Both YDE and Solomon Schechter can hit nine points, which means that North Shore is a point away from clinching a playoff berth, but they need to get there. They can get there either with getting their own point or YDE and Solomon Schechter each losing a game. Like I said, Solomon Schechter can uh, can be knocked out of it this coming week. They play Hafter on Wednesday night. We'll get to the games coming up on the week a little later on. Moving over to the West, where another big battle at the top of the division happened between Frisch and TABC. Frisch and TABC leading off the season with a one nothing overtime Frisch win. This game in Frisch would be just as close. Close game from much of the way. Visitors at TABC opened up the scoring with a Zach Rothenberg tally. Frisch would strike back twice to take the lead with goals from Yehuda Brun and Johnny Newman to take, as I said, a 2-1 lead. Rothenberg would score again. We would have a 2-2 score going into the final minutes of the game, just under four minutes remaining. Ryan Eisner found the back of the net to give Frisch a one-goal lead. Rothenberg would hit two posts in the final minutes and could not get TABC the equalizer. Jacob Silber would net an empty netter for Frisch to push the third game of a 4-2 final on the week. So Frisch ups their record to 8-1 putting themselves just behind SAR, who lead the division at 9-1. and one. SAR was idle this week at 18 points. SAR has clinched a playoff berth. Frisch can now clinch with a win and either a loss or tie by MTA or Kushner this week. Frisch will play SAR on Tuesday night. We'll get to that in just a second. MTA and MTA plays Monday night against TABC. Kushner plays Tuesday night against Hillel. We'll get to their games in just a second. JEC also in action on the week, taking a loss to Kushner 2-0. Aaron Strook and John Malik scored for Kushner to give Kushner the 2-0 victory. Gabe Marin with the shutout, pushing the Cobras up to a record of 4-5 and and putting them back into contention for one of the final playoff spots. JEC drops to 7-3-0-1, 15 points on the year. Could have clinched a playoff berth with the win, and now will have to wait until the other side of the break. Or potentially this coming week, 
they can do so with Kushner and MTA both taking losses. Um, but right now, JEC hanging on to a slim one-point margin over Ramaz. Ramaz at 14 points, 7 and 3. TABC with the loss drops to 6, 3 and 1. Right now in fifth place in the division, MTA and Kushner fighting for that last spot. MTA right now at 12 points, Kushner behind and at 8 with a record of 4 and 5. MTA and Kushner will be locked in a tight battle. Um, could potentially also drag TABC into it. It doesn't look likely with TABC scheduled the rest of the way. We'll get to that very, very shortly when dealing with MTA and TABC coming up. The last game on the week that we have not mentioned, Hillel and Westchester also played. The, the two teams at the bottom of the West have already been eliminated. Hillel taking the win to push their record to 4-8. and eight. They can do no better than 12 points. Right now, MTA at 12 points uh, as the 6 seed means that they cannot get there. Westchester dropping 2-0 and 11. Taking a look at the next two weeks, here are the games on the docket. Monday night, we'll see MTA and TABC do battle. Uh, with Kushner's win, MTA now needs to keep distance to avoid being the odd man out on the playoffs. A win would keep the gap between them and the Cobras, who play a winnable game against Hillel on Tuesday night. Should MTA lose and Kushner win, Kushner would be two points behind with two games in hand. Granted, those two games include DRS, Frisch, and TABC, but all Kushner needs to do is wind up tied in points and wins to get the nod. MTA's remaining schedule is Frisch and Ramaz. No easy win there. Kushner also has Hank, a 50-50 game. The Lions would be best served to take care of business themselves and force Kushner to have to win two of their final four games just to tie them. For TABC, a win would be a great push in the race for a first-round home game. Technically, they're still in contention for a first-round bye, but would need way more help out of SAR and Frisch than they can really expect. A TABC win makes their game with JEC on the other side of the break a key tiebreaker game with three teams battling for those two home game slots. As we said, Tuesday night, Kushner and Hillel will do battle, but the real matchup of the night, SAR and Frisch. Talk about an explosive game. The 2-1 game that these guys played a few weeks ago was as close as it could get, and with the small confines of the SAR rink, this one could get real crazy. Division title is essentially on the line, and SAR win essentially wraps it up barring any miracle losses against Ramaz or Westchester down the stretch. A Frisch win would likely do the same as their schedule down the stretch is more favorable for them to keep ahead of the sting and to not have to deal with the tiebreaker scenarios. We'll get to those in a second because those actually will play a role when we get to JV. Wednesday night we'll have three. Uh, we'll have two games. Sorry, jumping ahead of myself. Two games. Ramaz will host Westchester, and Hafter will host Solomon Schechter. In two weeks, next week, next Wednesday, a big matchup between Hafter and SAR. Hafter again fighting to keep pace with Rambam and DRS at the top of the division. Hafter, the only team that could really keep in, in, in the race with DRS for the top of the division. Right now, also fighting with Rambam for the other first-round buy slot. 
Um, not really much in the way of needing to worry about Hank behind them unless they really go on a losing tear. Um, but right now, Hafter really fighting for that first round buy slot. SAR, a first round buy slot all but wrapped up, really wanting to have control in their gym throughout the playoffs, though. So SAR and Hafter, both a lot riding on that game. That game happening in Hafter. Last year, the two teams faced a real physical, real, real down, uh, down, hard-nosed uh, game that the two of them played. You can expect it to be the same this year. Moving over to the rankings now, essentially stays the same. I think everything actually did stay the same uh, because you know the people, the teams that should have won won, the teams that lost didn't lose by much, and they really played as they should have. DRS stays at one, SAR the two, Frisch the three, TABC the four, Ramam at five, Hafter at six, Ramaz at seven, JEC at eight, Flabush at nine, Hank at ten. Kushner at 11, MTA 12, North Shore 13, Mag and David at 14, Hillel, Solomon Schechter, YDE, and Westchester rounding out varsity hockey. Moving over to JV hockey, a couple of really interesting games on the week, but none of them really close with the exception of the two out west. Two games out west, including Frisch and TABC and JEC and Kushner. Frisch and TABC this past Thursday night Two of them faced earlier in the year. TABC taking the 3-0 win in that one. This came a lot closer. A 2-2 tie for the Cougars and the Storm. So the two as close as you can get, really, at the top of the division. TABC right now, 6-0-1, 13 points. Frisch, 5-1-0-1 at 11 points. Tied with Ramaz for the second spot in the West. Frisch and TABC. TABC clinched a playoff berth and a first-round home game with the tie, but also helped got helped by the JEC loss that we'll talk about in just a second. Frisch can clinch a playoff berth this coming week and at least a first-round home game with a win as a result of the tie now. If they could have done it by themselves had they beaten TABC, the winner of this game would have actually clinched uh, what they needed to, but instead the fact that they tied means that they both still have options available to them. We spoke about JEC. JEC taking it on the chin as Kushner staves off elimination and keeps in the hunt. Jordan Sherris with two goals for the Cobras. Josh Lando with the game winner with under a minute to go. So Kushner at five points, two, five, and one, taking their last two games after, after having beaten YDE a few weeks ago. Still in contention, technically. They have nine points. They are the only team that, well, not shouldn't say the only team, but they can still get above JEC, MTA, and SAR. We'll get to that in just a second, that entire analysis, because uh, it runs extremely deep. Um, it's It's kind of confusing a little bit, but we have to get into the tiebreakers uh, to, to note exactly what's going on there. Right now, TABC, Frisch, and for the most part, Ramaz can consider themselves playoff bound. Um, Frisch and Ramaz haven't exactly wrapped up spots, but they are right there. Um, SAR and JEC can both jump over those but it would take a lot in order for that to happen. It is more likely those three teams have secured their spots. And we're looking at a four-team race for that final spot. JEC right now at 4-4 four and four because of the loss. MTA at 4-5. and five. 
Uh, both of those teams have eight points and are tied. And their tiebreaker scenario is extremely interesting. The tiebreakers that I believe will happen, they haven't been released by the league. Tiebreakers that are happening um, will should look like this. It should go first to wins. Second, head-to-head. Third, ties over overtime uh, losses. But where it's going to really come into play for these teams are going to be the points versus playoff teams, which is the fourth one. Fifth is points in conference, and sixth is a coin toss or a playing game for the final playoff spot. So let's take a look at JEC and MTA. Right now, these two are tied. It is somewhat likely that these two could wind up in a tie down the stretch. MTA plays Kushner. Let's assume that they do defeat Kushner. JEC has first in TABC. It is somewhat unlikely that JEC will take any points over them. So if that's the case, MTA is in the driver's seat. It just comes down to whether or not SAR can actually catch MTA for that final spot. Let's say, though, that Kushner does, does manage to, meet, to beat MTA. What happens here is that Kushner, if they defeat Hank and um, let's see, who do they have down the stretch? They have MTA, they have Hank, and they have... Oh, sorry, those, those are their two games. They have MTA and they have Hank. So if they win those two games, they're at nine points. MTA can't uh, jump over them because MTA will be stuck down at eight points. Then it's whether or not JEC can beat either of TABC and Frisch, and whether or not SAR can climb above them. SAR's remaining schedule the rest of the way is Frisch, Ramaz, and Hafter. So SAR, no easy ones. We'll get into that, to their full scenario in just a second. But assuming that that SAR and Kushner don't jump to a point where they can meet uh, MTA and JEC. MTA and JEC stuck at the eight-point threshold. Um... This is where it goes. The wins, they would both have four. Head-to-head, they're both 1-1 one and one on the season. They both split their regular season games. Ties over overtime losses, neither would have it. Points versus playoff teams is where it comes down to. JEC would effectively not have any points against either Frisch, Ramaz, TABC, or any of the teams in the East. They lost to Flatbush. That could have been their saving grace. However, MTA would have two points by virtue of beating Ramaz earlier in the year. So MTA would enjoy the tiebreaker instead of JEC. Now, let's say, let's say for instance, if we if we say MTA defeats Kushner, JEC does take a win over TABC or Frisch. That sort of changes things just a bit, because MTA's win over Cushion does not give them any extra points, but it would give JEC the two points against playoff teams that they need. The question would then come down to points in conference. Taking a look at that, Kushner, uh, sorry, not Kushner, JEC would have two, four, six, eight points in the conference. They would have eight of their ten points in the conference. MTA would only have six. So at that point, JEC would effectively take the fourth and final playoff spot. So that's what that's what really what JEC has to hope for. JEC has to win one of their last two games. If they win one of their last two games, they are, with help from SAR, uh, they are virtually in the playoffs. 
So it gets a little convoluted out west, but that is a very, you know, it's a very interesting scenario to watch. Coming back to the east, there were more games on the east this week. Uh, none of them really that close. Hank won two of those games, Hank defeating Mag and David by the score of 12-2, to and also defeating Rambam 6-1. to Those two wins push Hank up to a record of 6-2, and leapfrogging over Flatbush, who lost to DRS at uh, by the score of 6-1. to Flatbush and DRS, two top teams in the East, uh, no more. DRS at 7-0-1 has clinched a playoff berth and can clinch a first-round home game with a hafter loss in two weeks. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll need to wait to the other side of the break, or whenever Hank and TABC, which was postponed last night, happened to decide to reschedule their game for the first crack at wrapping, rocking, uh, wrapping, excuse me, wrapping up the number one spot. So right now, DRS is at the top. Hank leapfrogging over Flatbush at six and two. They clinched a win. Sorry, they clinched uh, playoff berth with the win over Rambam. Flatbush behind them at 5-3-0-1. Failed to clinch with the loss to DRS, but still managed to clinch with Rambam's loss to Hank. So three teams have clinched the playoff berths in the East. The final playoff spot will come down to uh, between either Hafter or Rambam. Hafter right now pushing Rambam to the brink because Hafter's win over Shari Tor this week gave them their fifth win at 5-2. and two. Rambam right now, because of the loss, sits at 3-5. and five. They're on life support. Their only hope is to win out and hope that Hafter loses out because that is the only way that they can make the playoffs, and it's on a tiebreaker. Right now, Hafter is at 10 points. Rambam is at 6. The highest that Rambam can go is 10. If Hafter gets any points the rest of the way, Hafter makes the playoffs, and Rambam is out. Rambam needs Hafter to gain no points for Rambam to beat Shari Torah and then defeat Hafter on the other side of the or which or the reverse, whichever, whichever of those games comes first. So the East, for the most part, looking relatively settled, with the exception of that fourth playoff spot, DRS, Hank, and Flopwish, already clinching playoff spots. The West, within the next couple of weeks, that should be fairly settled as well at the top, not so much at the bottom. Taking a look at the next two weeks. This coming uh, Tuesday night, SAR and Frisch will do battle in the only game on the week ahead. SAR, again, fighting for that final playoff spot, needing a win. A win in that game can actually do wonders for them. We'll actually couple them, because SAR is going to be in the game for the week ahead also with Hafter. So let's talk about what happens for SAR. If if SAR wins both those games, they're at 11 points, which will eliminate MTA and Kushner, and is a win or a JEC loss away from the playoffs with JEC facing Frisch and TABC after the break. We can say that with almost certainty, SAR would be in. If SAR wins one of those games, they're at nine points. That eliminates Kushner, but would then need to beat Ramaz or hope that JEC and MTA both lose out. Again, for JEC, that's Frisch and TABC. For MTA, that's a little bit harder as MTA still has to face Kushner. If they win none, they're in trouble. They will only have seven points with only one game to go against Ramaz, which is a 50-50 game. Ramaz played very well this year. So they would need to win that and hope that Kushner beats MTA but loses to Hank and that JEC loses out against Frisch and TABC. For Hafter, like we said, a win puts them in position to uh, to uh, clinch. A pl- it puts them in the position. It does clinch a playoff spot for them and keeps them in contention for a first-round home game. It will tie them with Hank. A loss 
and they are giving Rambam the opportunity to get back into it. Hafter, with the exception of the game against SAR next week, will have a game against DRS, which uh, they lost the initial game earlier this year in Hafter, so in DRS they may have just the same trouble, which means that it'll all come down to the last game of the year against Rambam to determine who will win that final playoff spot. They can easily uh, wrap it up against SAR and not have to go down to that with the win. For Frisch, it's all about staying uh, in contention with TABC. Frisch right now just needs to win their games as and just see what happens with TABC as TABC still has games against DRS and against Hank. And one little slip-up can mean that Frisch can, uh, can jump right in there and uh, and take and take their the top spot in the West. So they got to hold you know hold tough and see what happens. Uh, right now the rankings as we wrap up hockey, the rankings are like this. TABC it's going to stay the same actually, just like Varsity. We actually have one week where both Varsity and JV stay the same. TABC at the one, DRS at the two, Frisch at the three, Hafter at four, Hank at five, SAR six, Ramaz seven, Flatbush eight, Rambam nine, MTA ten. JEC and Kushner staying the same because JEC's body of work keeps them above Kushner despite the 3-2 win. JEC at 11, Kushner at 12, YDE, Magan David, and Shari Torah wrapping out the JV League. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League sports. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. So, looks like we're a little bit behind schedule, so let's just get through girls' sports and get to boys' basketball. Starting out in girls' varsity A. Like the schedule on the week, two games canceled last night. Breweria Frisch, Maya Note, Solomon Schechter. For the games that were played, though, Flatbush clinched a playoff spot with a 47-36 win over Central on Tuesday night. Flatbush now on an eight-game winning streak after dropping their first two games of the year. Conversely, Central losing three of their last four after a 5-1 and one start. Central drops down to 6-4 and four and is now in the middle of the pack looking to clinch a playoff berth. Also taking a win on the week in the East, Heschel defeating Hank 52-30. Hank dropping to 0-9. Heschel improving to 4-4 4 4 at 500. And will actually have a chance to clinch a playoff berth over the next two weeks. They will play two games. Sorry, they'll play three games over the next two weeks, which could get them to 7-4. We'll see what that means for them in a few short moments. Other game on the week that affected the East. Frisch and Hafter did battle. Frisch taking the win over Hafter by the score of 55 to 28, nearly doubling them up. Uh, so that improves Frisch to seven and three, dropping Hafter to five and six, putting their playoff uh, their playoff hopes in serious jeopardy. Over in the West, Breweria taking the win over Westchester to bring themselves to the 500 mark at 4-4, four and four, dropping Westchester to 0-7. And, and SAR avenges their only loss on the season, taking out Frisch this past Thursday night, 57-41. Now, SAR at 7-1 and one can clinch a playoff berth with one win over the next two weeks. They will be playing three games. Two wins 
won't gain anything more without a loss by Hillel, who sits at 5-3. and three. Well, just to explain that, SAR with one win will get to eight wins. SAR with two wins will get to nine wins. Right now, Frisch at seven and three, Hillel at five and three, and Mayanote at five and three can all hit the nine win mark. Bruria at four and four can only hit the eight win mark. So getting to nine wins, they need a couple of more things to happen other than their two wins. But if they would be able to get three wins over the next two weeks, it will get them everything, including the top seed in the division. Getting to ten wins is something that Frisch, Hillel, Mayanoparia, the rest of the West cannot do. So getting to that ten-win mark will mean the number one seed in the division. Taking a look at how the rest of the West stacks up, as we said, SAR at the top at 7-1, and one, Frisch at 7-3, and three, Hillel and Mayanote at 5-3, and three, Bruria at 4-4, four and four, Kushner at 3-7, and seven, and Westchester at 0-7. Oh Most of the week's action will involve those teams who will get to their games in a second. Back in the East, again, we said Flatbush at 8-2, and two, clinching a playoff spot, clinched at least a second seed with the win over Central and can clinch the top seed with two Ramaz losses over the next two weeks. Ramaz will face Heschel on Wednesday night, and then SAR on Thursday night. Ramaz, however, can clinch a playoff berth should they get two wins in both of those games. Central is at, sorry, Ramaz at 6-3, and three. Central at 6-4, and four. Hafter at 5-6, and six. Heschel right now at 4-4. Four and four. Again, we said can clinch a playoff berth with three wins. They'll be facing Kushner on Monday night, Ramaz on Wednesday night, Again, and then Solomon Schechter on the 18th. Behind them, North Shore at 4 and 5, Solomon Schechter at 3 and 6, and Hank at 0 and 9. Looking ahead to the next two weeks, Monday night we'll have Heschel and Kushner squaring off, and Westchester and Solomon Schechter in a cross battle. Wednesday night, we'll see Kushner and Hillel, and Ramaz and Heschel. Thursday, Ramaz, quick turnaround against SAR. SAR will also be in the next game on Sunday against Maya Note, while Hillel will face Westchester that same day. The week after, that Wednesday, we'll see Heschel hosting Solomon Schechter, and Thursday, we'll have Westchester hosting SAR. Moving over to Girls B, a small slate on the week, as they usually have, um, Bruria taking two wins on the week, defeating Elon 23-16, and then defeating Shalhevet 54-18. The two wins knock Bruria up to 9-1, and one, tied with SKA in wins, but uh, still behind them with that one loss. The losses to the loss to Ilan knocks them down to three and seven, and the loss to Shalhevet knocks them down to three and five. A uh, big week ahead for Shalhevet. Uh, Shalhevet will play a home and away against Mag and David on Monday and Tuesday. They can clinch a playoff spot with two wins in those games. It'll put them at five wins, and Mag and David at five wins with. Obviously, Shalhevet getting the tiebreaker, having taken two wins on the week. Mag and David, for their efforts, can actually uh, clinch a playoff spot with one win. It'll be They'll be tied with Elon, but they took two of the three meetings from Elon this year. Taking a look at the standings, as we said, SKA at 9-0. and Bruria at 9-1. and Mag and David at 4-5. and Shalhevet 3-5. and Elon 3-7. and And Shari Torah rounding out the division at 0 10. Like as we said, the week ahead, the home and away with Mag and David shall have it. Mag and David will play home on Monday. Shall have it will have home on Tuesday. 
Moving over to girls JV, very small slate on the week, only three games. Uh, East saw two of those games. One was a Hank 45-29 to win over North Shore. The win clinches a playoff berth um, for the Hurricanes. Could have clinched more over the week. Wednesday night saw Central play half. We do not have a result for that. So half, Hank could have actually clinched. Uh, the top seed in the division should Hafter have lost that game. Uh, conversely, a Hafter win would mean that Hafter had actually clinched a playoff berth because it would get them to the six-win mark. Taking a look at the Eastern Division standings, Hank at seven and one. Hafter without that game is five and three. North Shore three and five. Ramaz three and five. Central without that game at three and four. Flatbush is two and six. Looking at the West, one game on the week, Frisch taking the win over Kushner. Again, those three playoff spots are wrapped up. Maya Note at 7-2, and two, SAR at 6-1, and one, Frisch at 6-2, and two, Eliminated, Brewery at 2-7, and seven, Kushner at 0-8. Oh so Frisch getting that win over Kushner now means we move ever closer to that really interesting playoff scenario between Maya Note, SAR, and Frisch that we discussed for you last week on this show. Only one game on the docket this week for Girls JV, and that's SAR hosting Kushner on Tuesday night. Moving back to boys sports, start off in varsity basketball. Interesting week this past week. A couple of games knocked out because of the snow last night. Four, uh, three, in fact. After Derek Hattora, MTAJEC. Uh, no, I was right, four. Ramaz, Kushner, Ramaz facing Kushner and Megan David hosting North Shore. So that really played havoc with a lot of the scenarios that we put together last week. We started out with uh, Flatbush taking out Hafter in a rematch of the game from two weeks ago. This one just as close. Flatbush, the go-ahead bucket with just under 20 seconds left. Kevin Hadid hitting the game winner. Flatbush defeating Hafter 50-46. to Hadid tied with A.B. Rosso for, uh, for the Flatbush high score with 13 points apiece. That would not be the end of Hafter's woes on the week. Hafter also taking a 44-27 to loss to Rambam. Four straight loss for the Hawks. Abysmal second half. I believe only two points were scored by Hafter in the entire second half. Uh, so the fourth straight loss for them after opening up the season at 5-0. and A couple of weeks ago we spoke about them and how their schedule really helped push them to the top of the division. Now at 5-4, and four, they sit just at the perch of the uh, of the sixth and final uh, spot in the East. Also on the week, Hank defeated North Shore 52 to 31. Oren Gamliel led the game with 16 for the Hurricanes. So the win pushes them up to seven and four, drops North Shore down to four and seven puts Hank ever closer to clinching a playoff spot. They can clinch this coming week. We'll give you that scenario in just a second. DRS pushing themselves back towards the top of the division with a 70-56 to win over YDE. Gideon Valinsky, a monster game again. The kid just seems to be fine in the bucket. 38 points, a second straight 30-point game for Valinsky. Again, this kid is only a junior. We're going to be hearing so much more of him. What's even more fascinating is that Valinsky, when he was in elementary school, was in the same was on the same team as Adam Matovich, the kid we talk about in Derek Atoro all the time, the leader from two years ago. It's amazing to think what these two might have been had they stayed together. Derek Atoro, right now at three and eight, um, may have been, you know, may have been a lot more than 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 they are at this year. Who knows what could have been, but 
Gideon Volinsky really putting his name into the hat for uh, for MVP if DRS manages to pull off a repeat of last year and it's at his uh, uh, and it's on his back. Also on the week, Hague took a second win on the week, defeating Mag and David 60 to 50. Mayor Levy dropping 25 for Hank again. We said, uh, bumping them up to the seven spot, to the seven win mark. Stephen Mizrahi once again leading Mag and David with 22, and like we said, the win secures at least a 500 record for the Hurricanes. DRS would follow up their win over YDE with a 71 to 25 win over Solomon Schechter. Pretty much wraps out the East at the top of the East. Rambam. At nine and two, DRS at nine and three. Rambam has already clinched a playoff berth. DRS clinched the playoff berth with a win over YDE. YDE at eight and two can clinch this week with a win over Shari Torah or a Shari loss to Mag and David later on in the week. Hank is at seven and four and can also clinch with a Shari Torah loss. They would be tied with Mag and David, North Shore, and Shari, the three teams that it has beaten since losing to DRS on December seventeenth. Flatbush is at six and four. Hafter at five and four. They needed three wins or any combination on the week that would get them tied or ahead of all three of North Shore, Mag and David, and Shari Torah. The end result: only two of three games played, and they lost both. Shari Torah at the precipice at four and six. North Shore at four and seven. YDH at three and eight. Mag and David at two and seven, and Solomon Schachter at zero and twelve. Moving out to the west. Three games on the week, the biggest one, the Frisch-Kushner matchup, where Frisch took the win 59-46. to Josh Dukas leading the game with 20 points, pushing Frisch out to 10-2, the first team to hit the double digits in victories this year. Frisch has already clinched a playoff berth. Right now, they're waiting to see what happens with Heschel and SAR and the teams around them before they know what their, playoff, their future playoff scenarios really are. Speaking of SAR, SAR taking the win over JEC, 66-38. Dovi Marcus with 22 in the win. Daniel Wazatsky with 18. And in the final game in varsity basketball, Hillel defeated Maor, 62-57, in, in a game between two teams at the one-win mark to start the night. Taking a look at the rest of the West, Frisch again, we said, at 10-2. Heschel, still undefeated at 8-0. Can clinch a playoff berth with a win over Kushner or SAR or Maor in uh, the week after. They can clinch a first-round home game with all three wins and a TABC loss. That would put them ahead of Kushner, um, obviously, because uh, yeah, it would tie them with a couple of teams. It put them ahead of Kushner because of the uh, the win in the game on Monday night, and SAR by virtue of the game that they will play on Thursday. Speaking of SAR, SAR at eight and two, and they still can't clinch this week. They still need to face Ramaz. So win over Heschel wouldn't even clinch for them yet. Kushner right behind at seven and three. Since the game with Ramaz was canceled last night, they need two wins this coming week to clinch a playoff berth. TABC at 6-3 can clinch with two wins. They have two games over the next week. They need wins over MTA on Monday night and Kushner on Wednesday night, but they will also need help. They will need a Ramaz loss to MTA. That game will be played on Wednesday night. So at the end of this, we can technically have four teams clinching a playoff berth uh, over the next two weeks. We have Frisch, Heschel, 
Kushner and TABC. Poor SAR would still need some time to actually clinch that berth, even though they would be at the eight-win mark. MTA is at five and three. Ramaz, the bubble team, at four and five presently. Hillel, Maor, and JEC all with double-digit losses. Hillel at two and ten. Maor at one and ten, and JEC at zero oh and eleven. Taking a look at the next two weeks, Monday night, two games, both in the West. Kushner will be hosting Heschel, MTA hosting TABC. Tuesday night, one of two East games on the week. Uh, both of them will involve Shari Toro, Shari Toro hosting YDE. Wednesday night, two West games, MTA hosting Ramaz, MTA winning 54-39 in MTA the last time they played in the last game that MTA actually played on December 19th. TABC will also host Kushner in a battle of two teams fighting for that first-round home game at the top of the West. Thursday night, we'll see SAR and Heschel doing battle. Heschel won by three in the last meeting after losing by four at the half. A third loss would drop SAR from top seed contention and put them in danger of losing the first round by. Heschel has a bit of a cushion. Uh, they won't have to worry so much. They can afford to drop a game, but a win against SAR would be huge in terms of locking up their first round by. Next Saturday night, we'll see Mag and David and Shari Tore in the other East game on the week, and the Wednesday after we'll have Heschel hosting Maor. Taking a quick look at the latest Jewish Groups America Top 25, Heschel still at the top with Frisch at its heels at number two. SAR dropping back a spot with Shalhevet of Los Angeles jumping over it, so SAR enjoying the four spot. The next one will be DRS at eight. We then have MTA at 12, YDE at 14, Flatbush at 16, TABC at 18, Hafter at 19, Rambam at 20, still at the 20 mark, Hank at 21. And that looks to be all four Yeshiva League teams in this week's Jewish Hoops America Top 25. Moving over to JV Ball, two games thrown out by last night's uh, snow, Mag and David, North Shore, Hill, Shari, Torah. But there were seven games on the week played, none of them bigger than the YDE-DRS game on Wednesday night. DRS came into the game 7-1, and one, looking to clinch a play, looking to, to clinch a, a first-round bye in the playoffs. Uh, denied by the four-win YDE team. YDE taking the win by two, 60-58. DRS dropping to 7-2. and two. Again, still clinch a playoff berth, but we'll have to wait until the other side of the break to figure out exactly how they will go. YDE upping themselves to 5-3. The win puts themselves in the head of a pack, which we'll show you in just a couple of minutes, for a playoff spot. Hefter, on the other hand, getting the job done. Unlike DRS, they did what they needed. They needed two wins on the week. They got both those wins. Hefter defeated Flatbush 49-31 and Rambam 63-33. So Hefter becomes the first team in the East to clinch a playoff. Sorry, they can become the second. DRS has already clinched. But Hefter clinches the playoff bar. They also become the first team to clinch at least a first-round home game. So Hafter at 7-2, and two, tied with DRS at the top. DRS technically ahead in terms of record because DRS has a win over Hafter. But Hafter 
taking a playoff berth and a first-round home game at the very least. The, the other game on the in the East this week, Hank began the week with a 52-31 win over North Shore. Hank needed three things to happen this week, a win and a loss by two of three of Rambam, YDE, and Flappish. They got what they needed with their win over North Shore, and the loss uh, by Flappish to Hafter, and the loss by Rambam to Hafter. So Hank also clinches a playoff berth with a record of 6-3. and three. Loss for North Shore drops to 5-2. and two. It means that they cannot clinch until the other side of the break. So the rest of the East looks like this. Again, we said DRS and Hafter at the top at 7-2. and two. Hank at 6-3. and three. North Shore at 5-2. and two. YDE at 5-3. and three. Those two teams will finish at the very least at the 500 mark. Mag and David at 4-1. and one. Kind of an interesting dynamic. Mag and David... Uh, Mag and David... Uh, Mag and David basketball, much different track than Mag and David hockey. Mag and David hockey already finishing their schedule this year. Mag and David basketball only halfway through. So it's interesting to see how uh, in one school you can have two different philosophies on how to how to play the games. Uh, Mag and David at 4-1, and one, still very much in contention, just having not played as many games yet. Rambam. Three and five, Flatbush two and four, Shari Torah at one and six. So those three teams aren't the last remaining hopes for for any team not in the top six now to take a playoff spot. Uh, Shari Torah at one and six, Ezra at zero oh and eight. Ezra's already been eliminated. Shari Torah, a loss will eliminate them from here on out. But Mag and David, Rambam, well technically Mag and David, because Mag and David at four and one still has plenty of life ahead of them. Rambam, with only two games left, needs to hope that a lot will happen to roll their way. Flatbush, the bubble team right now, with the potential of getting two six wins. Out in the West, three games on the week. Nailbiter between SAR and JEC. SAR taking two-point win, 48-46. to So the two are now tied at 4-4. Four and four. SAR could have gained some distance in a playoff berth. But, uh, sorry, JEC could have gained distance in a playoff berth. Did not get there. At the top of the division, Frisch defeated Kushner to improve their record to 8-0, clinching at least a first-round bye. They can clinch a the top spot overall with the win this coming week against um, Ramaz and a TABC loss against Kushner. Speaking of TABC, TABC clinched the playoff berth with the win this past week over Heschel by the score of 60 to 48. So TABC improving to six and one on the year. MTA behind them at five and two can clinch a playoff berth with a win this coming week over Westchester or losses by either SAR, Heschel, or Ramaz. Now, the beauty of that is Heschel and SAR face this coming Wednesday night, so MTA will have clinched by then. JEC and SAR, again, four and four apiece. Both of them can clinch playoff berth with two Heschel losses this coming week. So, with uh, with the fell sweep of two Heschel losses, we could have five of our six Western teams decided. Ramaz is three and four. They cannot clinch uh, this coming week because even if they get a win to put themselves at four and four and Heschel loses two, they lost to Heschel earlier in the year and they would be tied with them in, in standing. So they will need more to happen on the other side of the break before they can clinch a playoff spot. Heschel right now at two and four. Hillall at two and six. Kushner at one and seven. Westchester at zero oh and seven. Taking a look at the schedule on the week ahead. Monday night has Kushner and Heschel doing battle. Wednesday, MTA and Westchester and SAR and Heschel and TABC and Kushner. 
Saturday night, we'll have Frisch and Ramaz, and the only game involving East teams on the week, Mag and David hosting Share Torah. Well, that about does it for another Court Report. Thank you for tuning in. Again, we will not be on next week, so catch us the week after, the 22nd, with our next installment of the Court Report. At that time, people will be on break, but we will have a complete wrap-up of the first two-thirds of the season and give you everything you need to know leading in to the final three weeks of the Yeshiva League hockey and basketball seasons. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find The Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, jam in the a.m. with Nachum Siegel, 6 to 9 a.m., live, only on the stream, NachumSiegel.com. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give Mike a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. See you in two weeks right here on the Court Report only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com